Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Teresa Kane online. Teresa, how are you? Good morning. How are you? I am awesome. Really looking forward to this conversation because you're doing some amazing work and uh, really resonated with me. So that's why I wanted to have you on the show. For So for people that uh, don't know who you are, why don't you share a little bit about you and then we'll dive into this conversation. Absolutely. Thanks, Michael. I'm Teresa Kane, and I'm currently the Director of Product Management, UX and Design at Trevi Pay. And I've been leading uh, product management in UX design teams for the past five years with Trevi Pay. And I recently launched uh, my first book, Solving Problems in Two Hours, How to Brainstorm and Create Solutions Using Two-Hour Design Sprints. And with that book is actually a topic I've been uh, working with organizations around the world for the last three years, teaching this concept through workshops, speaking at conferences and events. And I also have a class on Udemy on the topic as well in learning how to solve problems and design products in just two hours uh, versus five days. That's great. And as our attention span continues to get shorter and shorter, that two-hour time block uh, to actually get something done is when you actually get a lot done. It's amazing when people that aren't used to working that way start introducing it into their into their work habits, it's amazing how much they get done. And you know, I do a lot of talks on, on burnout prevention, workplace culture, and things like that. And in many cases, the issues tend to be there's a lot of silos at work. There's not great communication. The information isn't presented clearly. You may not have all the resources or all the information necessary to actually finish a project or even start one. So I, I know that your work on this really helps organizations get you know pretty crystal clear on what they need to do and it, it improves a lot of the processes you know, not just in you know that two-hour sprint but across the board I'm guessing yeah absolutely you know the COVID-19 pandemic which I know uh, you've talked a lot about on on the previous episodes really had a big impact in technology so when we went 100% remote we had a need to really solve complex problems for the roadmap at TreviPay, you know, across the globe. We've got offices in all over, you know, in Australia, in the UK, and um, Dubai. So we're we're sitting on different time zones, and that was already a struggle. So when you look at a traditional design sprint method of five days, it was nearly impossible to kind of go and execute that even before the pandemic happened. But now having a full eight hours a day with a global team made it impossible. And so uh, when I created this concept, I was really just looking to create a solve for my team to be able to solve a problem on a dashboard we were working on. And um, you know, I was looking to kind of do something quick and fast that we could execute and get something out to a client. And so um, really found success. And that's really what led me to see if it would help other organizations. And here we are three years later, and there does seem to be a lot of value that other organizations are having more specifically on smaller and medium problems that they're able to really break down in two hours and come up with a solution for their clients. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the remote work side of things, because I knew that that 
probably created a lot of challenges, but also opportunities for companies because, again, easy to walk over to the next office or cubicle and work with a colleague. But as you mentioned, you being a global organization, you were having those challenges of, I, I like, I don't like using the word silo too much, but in many ways, there's some barriers because of the time difference and, and other factors as well. But when you get into a situation like, you know, most of us were, were sent home March, 2020, and uh, we had to figure out, okay, how do we work? You know, when we're not in the office, you know, and in some companies were obviously better suited initially than others, but it was a big, big learning curve, which a lot of people had to learn really quickly. And I always tell people, commend yourself for that. I know it hasn't been fun to say the least, but a lot of organizations really stepped up to figure out how do we work when we don't physically go into a workplace for a period of time. And, you know, yeah. and we're seeing now. You know, in, in many organizations, you know, some of them are, are sticking with it. Some of them are doing a hybrid flavor. Some of them are wanting to return to, I use the phrase yesteryear, uh, to, you know, go back to the way it works. And you know, depending on the organization, you know, I'm not critical of one way or the other. Uh, whatever makes sense for your customers and uh, allows you to deliver the, the best work to them, whatever right. format works is, is the way to go. But I'm, I'm sure you saw a lot. And obviously, you saw the opportunity as well to, okay, let's, instead of using, oh, we're remote and we can't go in as an excuse. It's like, okay, we that's a reality. We know that. Okay, let's cut through that and let's get to the focal point of or how are we going to solve this? So, what you know, let's go back a little bit when because I know you'd mentioned this in the pre-show. You know, the book is is relatively new, but you've been doing this work for several years now. You know, what what drove you to do this? My hunch is this was something that was percolating in you a lot longer ago than three years. It's just something that finally yeah. came to fruition. So I'd love to hear the story about that. Yeah. Um, so I'm really big on efficiency. Uh, you know, I'm a mom of three kids. Uh, you know, when the COVID pandemic happened, I had been, I went back from maternity leave for one day. And so, um, you know, efficiency is really something that I create as a very highly driven woman in tech, you know, for the last 15 years. And so with this process, I had already been reducing design sprints down from five days to just a few days. So this really created that opportunity to create even more efficiency um, and, you know, a little bit selfishly, right, for, for time, right? Not just for my time, but for the time of my team and all the stakeholders involved. Um, it's very difficult to get multiple people, 20 people across an organization, or if you're doing this with an external client, to sit down and actually give you feedback for, you know, two hours, let alone 40 hours. And so that efficiency and opportunity really got created um, just a little bit, you know, from my background of being just very driven and trying to create those processes for my team. Um, I'm really big on trying out different concepts. Um, I have a big background with pragmatic, uh, Six Sigma, uh, you know, PMP. So I do have quite a bit of background in different opportunities as well as, um, you know, my executive MBA and some and another master's I'm, I'm finishing at Carnegie Mellon. So for me, creating that efficiency and opportunity is so critical and being able to teach it becomes the next problem, right? So when I brought this method to other organizations and conferences, 
I wasn't sure the type of response I was going to get. It's kind of a radical topic, right? Saying that you can reduce something that's successful in 40 hours down to two hours is radical. And I believe that's why it's gotten so much traction and so much interest is everyone's looking for efficiency and they're looking for the ability to do that in a remote work environment, which um, as our organization at TreviPay, we're actually back in a hybrid model, but a majority of our product and technology organization that has over, you know, almost 200 individuals across the world is remote still. So we're still operating very efficiently in a remote world, and we're running these two-hour design sprints both in a complete remote model as well as an in-person and hybrid model. Well, you know, your background obviously pays big dividends because you pick up a lot of tools along the way and all of those initiatives that you've taken on in your career so far. And uh, you know, the, the really intelligent people like yourself will realize, okay, I can use some of this lean technology and understanding of you know, everything I need to do with lean or you know, the MBA, of course, you know, provides all kinds of different insights and things like that. So my hunch is, because I my background has a lot of different twists and turns in it as well, is I just use all those tools that I gained over the years and I just use it in the situation. Now, you may ask me, okay, where did you learn how to do that? And I'll have to think about it. But it's become such a normal part of how I operate that it's just, that's how I do it. And your efficiency, you know, being a uh, you know, mom with, with three children, you know, that's, you know, that's three full-time jobs because each kid's a full-time job in my opinion. So you got three full-time jobs there, the household, every, all, you throw all that kind of stuff in plus tech, all the demands that come with IT, you throw all that in together. It's like, yeah, you're going to have to be efficient. And the thing of it is, that's part of your DNA. And I think that's what speaks volumes about you and the work that you're doing and in this book and and the online course and and all the clients that you're helping is because all of those skills that you bring to the table, you know, of course, go above and beyond what, you know, the quote unquote product offering is. And I think that's one thing that is so important for clients to recognize as well. It's like, yeah, we've got this solution for you, but the expertise behind it to help you implement it and the understanding of what their challenges are and being able to flush it out of them, especially if you... you if you got 40 hours with a client, yeah, you can pretty much extrapolate everything. If you only got a couple, you got to get to the point and you got to know what questions to ask. And it, it makes such a big difference. And I think that's where your skill set really shines through. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, uh, you know, sometimes when you spend more time on a problem, you actually become less efficient. Um, you know, I have run a number of workshops in my career where I've um, had some failures out of taking a problem and spending too much time on it. Uh, one in particular, you know, we were really trying to implement a process for, you know, some dashboard analytics. And we actually ended up spending uh, 120 hours on it, uh, three different cycles of 40-hour, five-day design sprints. And what happened is there were so many different stakeholder opinions that when the prototype of the design got in front of the customer, the customers said, this is way off. Like, I'm not going to use this. And I think if that was something that could have been stopped at the two-hour mark, not only how much time would have been saved, but how much money. Five-day design sprints are so expensive. It could cost hundreds of thousands of dollars for organizations to run one, let alone many. 
And really, it goes beyond efficiency and comes down to a savings of time for your for your resources internally and for the client involvement as well. Yeah, it's so important to find those efficiencies. I worked for a consulting leg of Mercedes-Benz many, 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 many years ago. And we took an initiative to say, okay, we need to get more efficient in these consulting situation so what we ended up doing is just as a simple exercise is at the end of every project the project team would meet which typically happens but we also brought in project leads from other teams and maybe some handful of other um consultants and whatnot and we'd all meet and we'd have a you know pros and cons type of conversation okay how to go well what didn't go well what were some of the challenges and the reason why we brought in the outside point of view is because they would say, okay, I worked on a project that we did this and we learned this and this. And what we ended up doing was by getting that way, we got so much more efficiency out of these projects that we were able to take on additional client work without bringing on a single additional consultant. Needless to say, headquarters was happy with us because we were producing more and and not you know adding you know expense items on it because we 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 looked for the efficiencies and I think that's again kind of the premise about the work you do is and and I'm finding this more and more in different things that I look at in life is sometimes when we face a challenge. You know, approach it with a childlike curiosity for one and two sometimes the gamification of things it really helps is okay we're going to make this a game how, how are we going to get this how are we going to make this fun okay let's get some ideas here okay let's put this what's working in the past and you know, again if everyone understands all the tools that they use normally they can figure out okay how can we carve this down from a, a five-day thing to a, a two-hour thing that's again you, you use the word radical and that's that's a really good way to do it and i think that's you know it, it it passes the eyebrow test where it's like someone sees it and they go five days to two hours and they're going to be intrigued they may be doubtful at the beginning but they're going to at least go how and i think that's when you get that i think that's right. when clients realize you know how important it is and because everyone's looking for efficiency right now as you said yeah, and I think, um, you know, I love that you mentioned uh, Mercedes-Benz. So I actually have a Trevi Pay. So we're a global fintech organization. And as I mentioned, um, in addition to this, I, I run this process internally. We run um, over 22-hour design sprints a year. So I've got every product manager, every UX researcher, everyone running this process, in addition to kind of teaching it around the world. And one of my uh, big clients in the automotive space is GM. And um, I think particularly in that automotive space, um, you know, you are really having to understand a different type of workflow for users that, you know, you're, you're coming into dealerships and you're understanding those problems at many different levels, right? It's not just about buying a car. It's about the workflow process of how it's paid for, um, the repairs that happen with that vehicle, whether it be a car or fleet. And um, what I do with the team is uh, I actually just had several product managers go on site to a, a you know a GM dealership just a couple of weeks ago, and they were able to understand that customer workflow. And the second they got back, we pulled that right into a two-hour design sprint. And that's something that's going to be implemented here in the next couple of weeks because we were able to utilize this process. 
You know, my uh, three generations of family worked at Generous Motors. That's the family nickname for them. Um, you don't please don't say that in front of them. They may they may they may laugh. They may not. And I certainly hope you don't accidentally say it. Please don't. Um, but you know what? That, that's great work because, and you'll probably have. Well, I know you will have. Um, you know, additional work with them and you know other sectors down the road as we migrate to the EV side of things because. Mm -hmm. Making an EV car is completely different than making a traditional vehicle. It, the parts, the flow, design, all of that stuff is dramatically different. And, you know, there's a lot of conversations too around how the buying experience will be with dealers. You know, that's still up in the air and a lot of, you know, internal conversations happening about that. But that flow is going to change. And of course, that's going to be disruptive and it's going to give you opportunity going, okay. We're going to need a two-hour this because it, you know, some of this is like way different than what has been done in the past from you know everything that I'm hearing in the industry and all of that. But nothing's written in stone yet with it. But we anticipate there's going to be some challenges. And I think that as every sector continues to advance and continues to expand and implement new things and new technologies and all of that, it creates complexities and can you know, stretch the amount of time that you do something. So doing this two hour exercise uh, is, is quite frankly, something I think that should be, you know, this is just you know, a promotion of course, but it, it should be something that every organization should take a look at because you find those efficiencies there. It allows you as the example I gave earlier in my work at that division of, of Ben's, it gives you the opportunity to take on more and serve more clients. Absolutely. And, and it's, it's, it's a positive thing. It's in, you know, in my work and I worked in the nonprofit sector for a while. And one of my strengths going back to my original career in accounting was in nonprofit, everyone's trying to figure out how do we generate more funds, more donations, things like that. The accountant in me goes, let's go to the expense item, please. Let's go down to that part of the income statement. All right. Where can we find efficiencies there? You know, I, I renegotiated a handful of contracts with one organization and, and saved them nearly $500,000 a year. It was a $2 million a year organization. Wow. You, you do the math there. That was like, you know, part, you know, like we just, you know, found, you know, half a million dollars and we didn't get a single new dollar of donations. We just found better deals, negotiated better, um, streamlined some things, improved some processes, and we found that we didn't need to do all of this, like having 18 different types of printers, for example, and 18 different types of toner cartridges. You know, it's you know just simple things like that. But you look for those ways to find things, and when you do, it makes your organization leaner, more agile. You can take on more. And in this world, those are the types of organizations we need. Right, and I think uh, you know beyond that and creating efficiencies. So this model really is applicable to multiple industries. And so that is something that I've really been working on outside of tech is, you know, where can this model be applied outside of technology firms, including efficiencies, you know, with statements as such. And with that, one of the interesting things I found, so you're probably obviously very familiar with the Silicon Valley uh, banking collapse that happened and, you know, a lot that's going on in fintech. So there's a lot of efficiencies being created and being talked about right now. 
And that's where a method like this really comes into play is really being able to understand where your teams are spending the most money for different components of, uh, you know, products and solutions internally and working with customers. And, you know, I think the big question, are we in a recession? Are we going in a recession? You know, this is going to be an ongoing theme. And that's really why this process has kind of continued and gained traction and being able to come up with these solutions fairly quickly in two hours. Yeah, it's it's critical work, and I'm so thankful for you and and your team that's come up with all of this, and because it's going to make organizations stronger and healthier, and that that benefits us all in society. So, Teresa, I've loved this conversation. Where can people find out more about you and this amazing work you're doing? Yeah, they can go to twohourdesignsprints.com. I'll definitely have that in the show notes, and I highly recommend people pick up the book and learn about it, uh, even in your personal life. You know, it's applicable. Uh, There's some things in there that you can find some efficiencies, and it's really important work. So, Teresa, thank you again for being on the show. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much, Michael. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of The Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.